have the uh, honor today of introducing our guest speaker. If you're a first-time uh, guest here, Pastor Rich is out of town for the holiday, and we have the privilege of getting a really special uh, stand-in speaker today. Um, if you guys don't know, Every Nation is doing this big church plant initiative, and one of the big plants that we're pushing for this next year is in San Antonio. And so today we have the privilege of Pastor Ben Chapman being here. Uh, he is the, uh, le the lead pastor planting the church in San Antonio. I've known Ben how many years now? I don't know, five, I don't know, something like that. I got to meet Ben originally when him and I were both doing youth ministry. We, uh, got, we merged our churches back together for youth camp. And uh, we've been doing, they've been doing it together ever since, and that was a really fun experience. Ben did uh, Mid-Cities Church out in Midland is where Ben comes from. Uh, he's been doing youth ministry there. Well, you did youth ministry there for six years. Is that correct? Yeah. And then we've had the privilege of getting to switch from youth into campus ministry together, and we've been doing that for the last two, well, he's been doing it for two years there, and uh, has grown an amazing ministry out in Midland. And um, I know he doesn't like me to overly glow, but I want to let you guys know this is an amazing man. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, I've watched him raise up healthy disciples and amazing leaders, and is just a great minister. But what I love about him even more is that he's a great husband and a great dad. And uh, he just has a heart for the kingdom and for people to know Jesus. And that's, that's what this world needs. You guys agree? And so we have the privilege today of getting to hear him bring an amazing word, as well as talk to us a little bit about the church plant in San Antonio. So if you guys would give a great Grace Point welcome to Pastor Ben Chapman as he comes up. Wow. Awesome. Well, it's so good to be here with you this morning, and thank you for having me. I love Pastor Rich and Donna. They have been amazing to my wife and I, very supportive. We love this church. Uh, man, we love this church. In 2007, we decided to do youth camp alone at Mid-Cities, and that's when uh, we didn't do youth camp with anybody else, and so we were by ourselves, and I was lonely. I missed Abilene. And so in 2008, we decided to get back together, and we were so excited. Um, it's been amazing because what happens is in a fellowship like Every Nation and this group of churches that are in relationship with one another, what happens is you go to youth camp, and your kids meet our kids and meet other kids in our region. And, and they're not there because they have sports in common. They're not there because they have band in common. They're not there because of school. They're there because of Jesus. And they have Jesus in common. And I just, I love it. I love that our kids now know your kids. And then they move into campus ministry and they transfer all over the state to different campuses. And they have family wherever they go. You know what's crazy is the dropout, the statistic in, in college is 90%, I think, will turn away from faith once they get to college. And, and I love that every nation is closing that gap. That Grace Point Church is closing that gap because we do youth together and we do college ministry and there's family wherever you go. That's typically where you get lost is you get lost because you don't have family and you're looking for that acceptance. My wife and I, we are, we are gearing up. And here's a picture of her and my family. This is Brandy and my four-month-old Benson. And uh, his middle name's Champion. So I appreciate Pastor Sammy doing, he's my champion this morning uh, for worship. And so, man, just a great family. I'll just tell you a little about, about us. Um, she's Latina. Or uh, is that how you would say that? Latina? Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe. Um, she's Latina, and I'm German. My dad was born in Germany, and uh, we have been called to go to San Antonio. And what's interesting about San Antonio, it's actually, it is where the Hispanics and the Germans meet. Uh, and so we just feel like God has ordained this for us, that this is the city that we're supposed to go plant. And, uh, and man, there's many reasons why to plant this church there. Uh, currently, we are meeting at UTSA. There's 30 college students that are meeting at UTSA, started by an intern. Do we have any interns in here? We have a couple of interns. We are so thankful for interns. And, uh, you know, interns aren't just grunt. They, aren't, they don't just do the grunt work, right? They, they grow ministry. They make disciples. And we have an intern at UTSA named Austin Fontenot. And uh, we, we so appreciate him, but he has, he has gathered 30 people. They've seen, uh, last year I think they've seen 10 salvations, 15 baptisms in their student ministry, led by an intern, a full-time student who is part-time campus ministry. And he's just doing amazing things there. And so we're going to partner with that campus ministry. We're planting a healthy local church right next to the campus because we believe that, that we're not just interested in reaching the campus. We want to reach the community. And we, we, we have a vision similar to y'all's. We want to be multi-ethnic. We want to be multi-generational, multi-socioeconomical. We want a diverse community of believers that looks like the body of Christ. And so, man, I love y'all's heartbeat because it's similar to ours. And if you, if you go to um, our website, and the ushers will be passing out a card uh, to tell you more about, uh, yeah, y'all can go ahead and pass that out. Thank you, guys. Thank you, men, for doing that. Um, if you go to our website, you'll see pictures of the campus ministry already being birthed there. Uh, you can read a little bit more about our vision and what God is doing. And uh, we'd encourage you to do that. Uh, it's already a diverse group of students. Uh, we got prophesied over last week at boot camp. And, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the Every Nation process. Now, if you're new to Grace Point, we're part of a family of churches called Every Nation Churches. And we're going to be sent out by this region, and it's going to be Every Nation Church San Antonio. We believe in the prophetic, and basically the prophetic is, is encouragement, encouraging the believer. And sometimes we get a word of knowledge and some insight about their life as you're praying for them. Sometimes we'll just get a, a wisdom as you're praying for them. We believe in this. And so we were at boot camp last week, and, and we got a prophetic word. And, and the prophetic word said this, your church, the color of your church is going to be mocha. And so we were just like super excited for that word, like, Yes. And if you look at the pictures, it's already like that. I mean, there are there every every race, every tribe, every tongue, um, every nation. That's what we're about. And we believe God for that. Every nation. Um, it, it's been strategic how they plant, how they plant, how they do ministry, how they plant churches. And you are a part of this. That's why I'm telling you this this morning. Because you, you've not only given your, your energy, you've given your prayers. The intercessory prayer team has been praying for us for months. And uh, we covet those prayers. Uh, you've been given your money. And we are thankful for that. You've been given your pastors. Uh, your pastors have come down and preached at this campus ministry. They are resources for us and, and been so huge and catalytic for us. Uh, but every nation is strategic on how we plant churches. 
we, we um, end up going to an assessment center for a week. And they just evaluate us. They, they, it's it's kind of intimidating, actually. Because they'll sit there and they'll just examine you with a microscope. They'll look at your personality. They'll look at your marriage. They'll see how well you can preach and, um, or good you can preach. Uh, and so they do all this. And, and, man, they examine you. And then after that, they give you a green, yellow, or red light. If, there, it's a, if it's a red light, that just means redirect. Maybe God has a different calling for you. And uh, we're going to find out what that calling is. They aren't just going to say, no, see you later. They're going to actually develop you. They believe in developing people. And, and, that, and you are a part of this. As I will say over and over and over again, that, that we covet this relationship with you. Also, um, they do a boot camp, which is drinking from a fire hydrant. And, and you, just, you just suck this fire hydrant, and they just shoot information into you. They partner you with a coach. So my coach is Nick, and we've been talking once a month for the last six months about my relationship with God, about strategy for this church. They do all this, and then they have consultants. And Pastor Kevin, the founder of this church, is actually in Nashville. And he is my pastor as well. When I was at Mid-Cities growing up there in high school ministry, I love Every Nation because they care about the next generation. They care about the, the, the youth and, and the college students. And I was a youth who was reached through Mid-Cities under Pastor Kevin's leadership. I grew up in this church. I, I volunteered for youth ministry. I was a janitor. And just because I wanted to be around the church. Uh, I, I cleaned toilets for two years, and I loved every minute of it. I listened to music. I prayed. I had a key so I could unlock the building and have Nerf Wars and, and Airsoft Wars and all that. It was awesome. And then we had to find BBs everywhere and get yelled at. And so it's just learning experiences. And, uh, man, so, so I grew up under Pastor Kevin's leadership, and now he's in Nashville. And he'll come consult churches guide churches, um, um, just express to churches what they need to, in order to grow and be healthy uh, because we want healthy local churches next to the campus. That's what our desire is. Um, just a couple of facts about San Antonio, a couple of statistics uh, that are coming up is uh, UTSA has 30,000 students. 30,000 students. If you want to bring up that slide, you can 30,000 students, 17,000 students live within walking distance of the campus. It's the seventh largest city in the U.S., and for some reason they brag about that. But um, seventh largest city in the U.S., there's only 10 churches over 1,000 people. There's only 20 churches, Christian churches, over 500 people in the city. And, and not that size matters, but what happens is, is there's a lot of churches that aren't being filled that, that people are not being reached, and, and it's just a thing where God needs to go in and just move in a great way. Nothing wrong with Roman Catholicism except for a couple of things that we could talk about, but they're predominantly Catholic, and, uh, and we believe that we will be a spirit-empowered church that, that is filled with gospel truth, preaching the name of Jesus and lifting him up. We're also unique in the fact that we have evangelism as one of our core values. We believe in evangelism. We believe in getting on the campus, getting in the community, and sharing the gospel, not just in deed, but in word. We believe that. 
So that's why my wife and I, we feel called to go. We're excited to go. And we would love for you to check out our website to know more about that. Um, This morning, I want to open up the word and teach you for a few minutes. And so the title of this message is called Open Handed, Living Open Handed. Back in the medieval times, you wore armor, you wore these suits, and in suits, it's real hard to hug another man, right? These big, big old armor, it's just, it's just hard to hug them. And so they invented and came up with the handshake. And the handshake was basically extending a hand that was open, and that meant that you were friendly, the, the opposite of extending an open hand would be extending a closed hand with either a sword or a dagger, which means you were a foe or you were an enemy. I want to talk about living open-handedly, which is a great picture. Thank you for that. So we want to talk about living open-handed. You know, we want to release. Why open-handed? Because it's fun. It's fun to live open-handed. It's fun to release. It's fun to give. How many of you know it's fun to give? It is exciting to give. I love giving. A couple of things that we do in every nation, we go on 10 days trips. We do the purple book. We do the one-to-one book. We do, we do um, what else do we do? We plant churches. We, we do campus ministry. We also do a thing I like to call the two-minute miracle. Have you ever heard of the two-minute miracle? The two-minute miracle is a quick testimony of what Jesus has done for you. So it's 30 seconds before you met Christ. It's a minute on how you came to know Jesus. And 30 seconds after you met Christ. How has that changed your life? And so I'm just walking around. Pastor Rich got up in me. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming around. So, so two-minute miracle, man. We love the two-minute miracle. It's great because you can use it in the grocery store line. You're checking out, and, and you just share your two-minute miracle. It's the gospel, and how the gospel has changed your life. I, I, I love it. Uh, you can use it on mission trips. You can use it in the coffee break room at work, just a two-minute miracle. And so I want you, and I would love to encourage you to work on your two-minute miracle. 30 seconds before Christ, a minute how you met Christ, 30 seconds after Christ. You know, we, we took this concept in our campus ministry, and we believe that you know what? God gets glory through our testimony, but you know what else he gets glory through? Lots of things. And so we're going to do this thing we call brag on God. Brag on God. We're going to take one minute to brag on God or, or two minutes. And we just borrowed the two minute miracle. And we're like, let's just give God glory. So all sorts of things would happen. And, and I, wanna, I just want to tell you that, that giving is fun and giving God glory is so much fun. We love doing it. And so what we did is, um, man, I just want to tell you about a story. Just a little brag on God moment. Last Christmas, man, I was at my brother's house. He just lost his job. And we're staying there, and, and it was just fun. We were able to just bless him, pay for his dinner, and that type of thing. And, and I got a Christmas bonus uh, from church, and I was so excited about this Christmas bonus. And right before we left, we were leaving early in the morning. I go, you know what would be so fun? It would be fun if I just left $100 by his keys. So I just left a $100 bill right by his keys. Man, it was awesome. I left it there, and then what you do is you leave, and you just watch your cell phone, and you're like, oh, man, he's going to text me. He's going to text me. I can't wait till he texts me. This is so fun. And then he finds his keys, and then he ends up sending me a text. Hey, bro, thank you so much for this gift. It means so much to me. 
And I'm excited that you gave this to me and feel very blessed. And man, it was fun. You know what? Um, Fun giving can be intentional where you plan on giving. I I know families who actually sit down on their budget and they'll plan a couple of dollars from their budget to give. And they're intentional about it. So there's intentional giving that's so fun. And then there's spontaneous giving, which I do a lot because I'm impulsive. And, uh, and sometimes you probably need to do more intentionality versus being spontane- spontaneous. So, man, f- giving is fun. But if giving is so fun, then why don't people give? Why don't people give? We're going to look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And we're going to take from here a couple of reasons why people don't give. If you turn to your Bibles there. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and maybe some of you know this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Things that keep us from giving, number one, we don't trust God to supply. We don't trust God to supply. You know what's crazy is we just don't trust easily at all. Did you know that 28 million Americans don't use banks because they don't trust them? You know, instead they keep their money at home, and where do they keep it? Under the mattress. Under the mattress. You know what's crazy is there was this lady, and her elderly mom was getting old, and her, her mattress was rough, and, and it just wasn't doing the job anymore, and her mom complained a lot, and so she's like, I'm going to bless my mom with a new mattress. Gives her a brand new mattress. You know, her mom, you know, she expected her mom to be super excited about this, but instead her mom freaked out. Where did my mattress go? And she's like, I replaced it with a new one. She goes, oh, my goodness. My life savings was in that mattress. One million dollars. In Tel Aviv, Israel. We have a picture of people looking actually for this mattress. It was all over the news. And and people just flocked to the dumps looking for this mattress. Because you know what? They just, people don't trust easily. Another reason why people um, don't give is they lean on their own understanding. They lean on their own understanding you know, they, they have to get stuff to cover up stuff. You know, my wife loves hoarders. Yeah, any of y'all watch hoarders on any man? Oh, she loves it. She's always watching. I hate it. It's so depressing. That show is awful. But she loves this show. And what happens is they don't start out with a cluttered house. It's normally always broken people. Broken people who want to feel good about themselves, so they start collecting things. You know, we, we do that too. We want to feel good about ourselves, so we go buy a new dress. I don't buy dresses. Um, we buy a suit, or, or we buy something, or, you know, maybe it's food, or maybe it's something, and, and, and there's something in our soul that's broken, and we want to cover it up with stuff. You know what's crazy? After a long time, you get a lot of stuff. To, to cover it up, and your house starts looking like this. It starts getting cluttered. Another reason why people don't give is we acknowledge a different God. 
we acknowledge a different God. The God that we acknowledge is the spirit of mammon. Mammon just means riches. Where we, we serve money versus serving God. Let's read in Matthew. In Matthew 6.24, it says this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So how do you know if you're serving money? Well, I think here's a couple of indicators, and these aren't all inclusive. But I think these are some, some of the reasons you know you're serving money. When you say this, I just can't wait for payday, right? I just can't wait for payday. Or, or, man, I got a case of the Mondays. Does anybody ever have a case of the Mondays? I can't wait for the weekend. We, we aren't being satisfied with our job. We're just being satisfied by the check that it brings. You know, where God has you and the workplace he has you, he wants to use you. And it should be a blessing. It should be something that God uses. We should be serving God for our jobs. And money, money is just a means to provide for our family. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 17 says this. Second Timothy 1, 6, 17 through 19 says this. As for the rich in this present age... Charge them not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of which is truly life. A couple things I want to pull out from there. God created everything for us to enjoy. I miss the days when I could go outside and play in free dirt and be entertained all day. I mean, it was crazy. I used to go out sun up to sun down and I would come inside and all you could see is the white of my eyeballs. And my dad would call me spook. I mean, that was like my nickname forever. Man, those were the days when you could just play and enjoy free stuff. The simplistic things. The second thing I want to pull from here is, fact is, the more you have, the more you need. The more you have, the more you need. Xbox One came out. Who's excited about that? You know, I mean, Xbox One came out, and, and it's not just Xbox One. It's like, okay, I got Xbox One now. Now I need Xbox Live. Okay, now, now I need a better controller. Now I need a better chair. Now I need a chair with a cup holder. And now I need a large TV. And now I need my mom to make me some pizza. And now I need, and now I need the more you have, the more you need. It's just crazy. The rich are to do good. Be rich in good works. You know, a core value is to be socially responsible for our movement and our churches. That, that what we have, we're supposed to give and, and we're supposed to look at injustices and be socially responsible and, and take care of the needs in our community and in the world. The rich are to be generous and ready to share. 
So what changes your heart for giving? There's a couple of things I'd like to close with. First off, I'm a victim of generosity. I am a victim of generosity. People have given to me more than they ought to. They've bought, they've bought coffees for me. They've brought groceries to us. They, they've, they've, I've gotten scholarships. We were getting out of debt. We had $100,000 to get out of debt. And somebody left enough money on our mattress in our room at our house to pay off our car. And it said, Jesus loves you, Ben. I am a victim of generosity. And I think you probably are too. That's one reason to give. I think the second reason is this, seeing the impossible become possible. Psalm 78, 11 through 15 says this, through 16. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt and the fields of Zone. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Write it down. I have a miracle journal of all the miracles that God has done in my life and through me. Man, anytime I forget and I lose my heart to be open-handed, to give of my talent, to give of my time, to give of my service, and in this season of giving, just to give. I read my journal. I read what God has done. And when you read it, you're reminded of his goodness, his faithfulness, his loving kindness. Third thing is you got to practice it. You got to practice giving. You know, you can talk about giving all day long. You can talk about what if we won, won the lottery? What would we do? Y'all ever have those conversations? We have those conversations all the time at Thanksgiving. I don't know. That's what we do. You got to practice it. As to what, what should I give to? Ask when should I give it? Ask how I should give it. Should it be anonymous or should it be made known? Either one. Hear the Holy Spirit. Hear what the Lord's speaking. And lastly, and the most important, we live open-handed because Jesus modeled it. Jesus modeled an open-handed life. In Matthew 20, 28, it says this, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus lived open-handed. He, he was washing the disciples' feet. He was taking care of the needs of people. He was casting out demons. He was healing the sick. He was bringing good news to the poor. He was living open-handed. And he also died open-handed. He died open-handed. He gave all that he had for you and me on the cross. 
Jesus and the cross is the reason that we give anything. And I think some of you are like, well, you read a scripture about being rich, but I'm not rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Church, with Jesus, we are the wealthiest people on earth. With Jesus, we have the answers. With Jesus, there's hope. With Jesus, there's victory. And with Jesus, we can live a life that is open-handed to release all that we have to advance his kingdom. Can I pray for you? Father, we love you. And God, I